You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Hey, it is us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek and Triple Producer Mark Hunter. I mean, the whole gang is back where we belong. And we uh, got some good stuff coming up in the next uh, hour or so. We're going to talk about how to putt it straight. We're going to talk about hit your iron straight. We're going to talk about how to know that you're going to do that. Yes, it's the alignment, and it's where you strike the ball. Plus, how to keep your grooves clean and everything else looking spiffy on the golf course. A couple of kids actually invented something that's uh, that's pretty cool. The, the Caddy Clean crew will be with us when we come right back. We are going to take a couple minutes to just get our stuff together. We suggest you hang out and come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. Play the courses the champions play. The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort. The 2017 NCGOA National Course of the Year. Our Pete Dye course hosts the first ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank this July. French Lick's Donald Ross course is looking good as it turns 100 this summer and hosts the Donald Ross Centennial Classic Symmetra Tour event. Book your golf vacation now at FrenchLick.com. And we are back those weekend golf guys. John Ashton, Jeff Smith at the, uh, at where are you? Oh, the golf cave. I'm at Otter Creek. Creek. Yeah, that's, I'm at the golf cave. That's where you are. And, of course, yeah. Intrepid Producer Mark Hunter. We ran into, uh, on our local show last weekend, ran into another guy going, oh, yeah, Jeff Smith, Otter Creek. Man, I love that guy. He is so good. And that golf course is amazing. And say hi to Jeff. And we go, well, Jeff's going to be on, man. You say hi to him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's right. Every place we go, we say Jeff Smith. And they go, oh, Jeff. So, Obviously, you have never been anywhere where you have not left an impression of the positive variety. So. Well, I just throw around a bunch of $20 bills at people and that my works. Name on. That works. I hear that. <laughs> Listen, yeah. um, I, I got told that a long time ago. If you want to have some friends, buy them. <laughs> <laughs> we have been talking for many, uh, many weeks about uh, the basic amateur golfer's inability, no matter how good they think they're set up, to hit a ball with an iron correctly. Yeah. Most of us, I mean, who knew you were supposed to hit the ball before you hit the ground? Yeah, isn't that kind of a novel concept? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I have lots of players. How, how do you do that? That Yeah, I have lots of players that they stand there in front of me and go, you know, my goal is just to hit down on the ball. And I'll just think, really? <laughs> just, just hit down on it? Like that's a novel concept. Like that that's their job. Like, yeah. wait a second. It, it's okay, Captain Obvious. It's gonna move <laughs> down. Your hands are way up high in the sky. So is the club and the ball's on the ground. Pretty sure it's the direction it's headed. And so then but see that what that does is that gets them to just throw the club into the ground behind the golf ball. Mm-hmm. And so I have to kind of clean up that concept. Because when they have a, a bad concept of just that, I got to hit down on it. Of course you do. Every ball that sits on the ground, which is all but eighteen of them, <laughs> during a round of golf, the club's going to be moving downward into the golf ball, and some of those eighteen, most people move the club downward into the golf ball anyhow. So, you know, the the reality of it is, is that how far down should it be? 
And where should the bottom of that arc be? And then they start going, huh? What do you mean? Like, yeah, it's moving from up here to down there, and then it moves back upwards afterwards, right? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, so where's the bottom of it? I'm like, well, I, 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 you know, and that's the answer I always get. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I said, okay, so let's just imagine this. You're, you're swinging a club in the air, and it's got a whole bunch of energy moving forward, and you're going to give energy to the first thing that your club head touches. What do you want it to be? Oh, well, the ball, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, so the ball's sitting on the ground, and it's coming from up here. So if you hit the ball first, what are you going to hit second? And I'm like, oh, the ground. I said, so where should the mark on the ground be? Well, behind the ball. I'm like, well, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> exactly. Try again. <laughs> right, because, see, they still have this concept that's been stuck in their head that they think they're going to, like, bounce into the golf ball on purpose. Like, wait a second, then you just gave most of the energy you're swinging with to the first thing you touch, which is the ground, and then it softens the blow coming in the ball, and no wonder you don't hit the dang thing anywhere. Yeah. Your concept is telling you that you're not going to. So then I get them to understand that by just putting a club on a hard surface like a table, and I stand the club up, and I put the head of the club on the table with the handle up in the air, and then I put the ball right on the face of the club sitting on the table. And I said, do you notice that the bottom of the golf ball and the bottom of the club are pretty much at the same level? And they say, yeah. And I said, so what if you managed to do that, and then you struck the club on its way down and then just only got it to the level of the table? Oh, so you want me to pick it? Like, no, I want you to skim it. And then they figure it out because then I put it together with the height of the, you know, the middle of the golf ball, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sweet yeah. spot on the, on the golf balls in the middle. Right. And then there's also, it happens to hit like on the fourth to fifth groove up on every club. Mm-hmm. And then they start to figure out because when I tell them to point to the sweet spot on the golf club, they always point to the same place. And it's always a spot that the club would touch the middle of the ball if they were just skimming. Mm-hmm. If they were just like decapitating the grass. Right. Right. So that they weren't really into the dirt much, but they were more into the grass. And then they start to figure it out. They're like, oh, I'm just going to scalp it. Like, yep. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is that concept that they had was also fueled by the same concept that kills every lousy golfer. And it's the one that you hear me rail against all the time. It's the keeping your head down thing. And these staying down on it thing. They have this whole down concept going where their their chest will stay down, their head will stay down. They're supposed to hit down on it and they're going to hit behind the ball and they're going to hit below it. All those things are all tied up in the same bad concept. And the truth is is that the farthest down you want the the bottom of the club to be is just below, barely, barely below the bottom of the ball. Yeah, just below the top of the grass. Yes. I tell you, man, the amateur golfer who has not – on a regular basis, felt the effortless contact of an iron against a golf ball. The, the sweet thwack, not the clink or the clunk, mm-hmm. but just a thwack. And you don't feel any reverberation. You don't feel anything. All you do is you look up and you see this very high, straight ball flight taking off and you, <clears throat> you're first reaction is did i really do that you know and when people actually do it they have this feeling of bewilderment 
the first few times that they do it in front of me. Mm-hmm. They're like, what was that? I mm-hmm. didn't feel anything. Yeah. And I said, just go take a look at your golf ball fly. Yeah. And then they, sh- they see the launch monitor number and they see that like, wait a minute, that's 10 yards further than I normally fly it. I'm like, yeah. oh, not anymore. That's more, soon to be how far you fly it. That's it. More ways to hit it farther, hit it uh, where you want it to go, to putt better. All in all, yeah. you're going to score better if you listen to the rest of this show. And, I mean, why else are you here? We are those weekend golf guys, and we will be right back. Play the courses the champions play. The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort. The 2017 NCGOA National Course of the Year. Our Pete Dye course hosts the first ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank this July. French Lick's Donald Ross course is looking good as it turns 100 this summer and hosts the Donald Ross Centennial Classic Symmetra Tour event. Book your golf vacation now at FrenchLick.com. Hey, it's Jeff Smith for those weekend golf guys. Talk to you a little bit about the Smart Ball Golf Low Point Trainer. I've had this thing now for a couple of months, and I'm telling you, this trainer has helped me help more students get the bottom of their swing arc out in front of the golf ball and hit better golf shots than almost anything I've ever used. What a fantastic thing. It's a great price. It's easy for every single player to use. Smart Ball Golf, Low Point Trainer. Go get one today. Jeff has returned from Hilton Head. Jeff has returned from learning a lot, teaching a lot, making a lot of videos, which, strangely enough and by coincidence, you can find right now at $5GolfClub.com. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got, man? You know what? I did some fun stuff. Um, I did a couple of them. One of them was on choosing the right tee shot. You know, when you're standing up on a tee and you're not sure what to do because there's choices out there, you know, you got... You got trouble on one side. You got bunkers all over there. You got to figure out where the heck I got to hit it. The hole might be long, and you might think driver, and the hole might be short, and you might not think driver. Talked a little bit about that. I talked about uh, certainly how to hit a higher, softer bunker shot uh, out of fluffy sand. I talked a little bit about I did a whole video on uh, choosing the right club to come into a green with. So just added a few. Tell you what, you want to be better, shoot lower scores tomorrow. Join $5 Golf Club today. Five, the number $5golfclub.com. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashley in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave Without a Creek, and of course, intrepid producer on the controls, Mark Hunter. And uh, man, we, we just talked about uh, actually hitting the golf ball with your irons prior to hitting the ground. It's, it sounds like a, a very simple concept. Um, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, it's well, something, you need, something oh. you need to work on, man. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that you actually were the one to bring that up. Yeah, well, I was just quoting you. I don't know, I know. firsthand. But, you know, what, what would you do to practice that? You know, I would tell people, hey, look, let's make sure first your body's set up so your spine's not tilted too far back. Because mm-hmm. if you do, then your shoulders are off whack, you know, off level. You know, your back shoulder is down, and then you're going to hit behind it because of that. You know, you kind of straighten your spine a little bit. You might even put your nose kind of sort of in line with the golf ball. Um, you know, you might even put your eyeballs kind of fixated on a spot out in front. Like if you're, oh, let's say, John, you decided to, let's say, go to a driving range and spend a little bit of time hitting repetitively ball after ball after ball with intent to do something different mm-hmm. than your normal thing, mm-hmm. um, you could put a, a tee in the ground right out in front of the golf ball, like mm. immediately in front. You could. 
and decide yeah. that you're going to hit the tee. Yeah. Of course, you'll have to hit the golf ball in order to hit the tee. You got to get through the ball to get to the tee. So right. there you go. Yeah. So you could do that in that. You know, you could call it whatever you want to call it, but let's just say that it's repetitive doing of the thing that you would want to do. I, I know we, we promised you we're going to get to putting, and we, we will get to it in a few seconds, but I just want to throw something out. Um, one of the problems that most amateurs have actually is setup. We don't, we yeah. don't know where we are, uh, where the ball is in relation to our body or whatever. I have followed your advice because you told me my iron should be right along the line, you know, from the middle of my body, you know, yeah. navel, there you go. Right. Uh, and the ball should be just a couple inches or just a little bit left of that particular location. Yeah, like um, the back of the golf ball is at that center line. And you would be surprised that when you look at it and you say, yeah, that's it, you're, you can be off by inches because, I mean, there's just all kinds of reasons why you can't tell exactly. And, and I just got to tell you that if you take some time and and just, you know, live through the, the outrageous laughter of your compatriots when you take the time to make sure that that club is in the middle of your body and to make sure that that club is exactly where it needs to be vis-a-vis the ball and the ball is exactly where it needs to be vis-a-vis the club and your feet are in the right place and they're, you're aligned to your target, you take the 30 seconds it takes to do that seriously, man, it makes a difference. It's huge, isn't it? Woo! Shots I mean, start going more online. They get struck better. They're yeah. farther. They go farther. They higher. go straighter. They well, you know, they go straighter if you aim in the right place. Then you can yeah. find out maybe how convoluted your your entire conception of where you're aiming is. You know, when you hit a ball, you think it's supposed to go right at the flag, and it winds up twenty yards right at the flag. And so you, you ask somebody, "Why did it go to the right?" And they say, "Because that's where you aimed it. <laughs> it didn't go right. It went right straight where you aimed it." Yeah, and that's where you just say, "Hey." That's a nice shot to where you were aimed. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame you just don't know how to aim a ball. Now you yeah. got to learn. All right, now, putting. Three putts. Yeah. Three putts are like the nemesis of every amateur golfer in the world. The, the eight-footer that you miss and you have a 15-footer coming back because <laughs> you have no idea Hammer hands. how to judge the speed of, of what you're doing. Um, right. Other than just practice. Because you're going to have to practice some techniques, but give us some idea what what the heck we need to do to uh, at least give us some hope, a glimmer of hope that we can putt a few fewer times in the next round. Right. A couple of simple things that I do with every person that I get to work with with their putting is I talk to them about where their ball stops. And I start giving them the concept of where they want it to stop. Instead of saying hit it this hard, you know, we've always got those guys out there, we'll just call them Captain Obvious, who says, that, you know, the never up, never in guy, right? <laughs> if you never get it up to the hole, it'll never go in. Thanks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'll write that I mean, down. Yeah, we got that one down, Pat. So how about the, you know, it, because that just guarantees people will smack it too far past. Like you said, an eight-footer that winds up 15 feet past. Yeah. Because of that kind of thinking that gets said or thought about, you know, get it to the hole. Of course, we want to get it to the hole. The trouble is we want to stop it at the hole. Mm. And that's the concept that people don't have and they don't practice is they want their ball to stop at a certain place. So I give them drills to do before they go out. Mm-hmm. I'll have them putt to the fringe and then try to stop it right at the very line between the green and the fringe, that mower line right there. I'll have mm-hmm. them stop it right there if they can. 
and that'll be the contest. And I'll give them uphill ones and downhill ones and short ones and long ones and all that and try to stop it there because if they get their speed control first, then the second putt is always short. Mm -hmm. It's always one of the two stats that I look for when somebody tells me how they're playing golf. I tell them I I want to find out their proximity to the hole in regulation and then I want to find out the length of their second putt. And when the length of their second putt is three feet and out, we're working on putting here real fast because that's the fastest place I can save them strokes. Yeah, definitely. Imagine when you're out practicing that you're going to imagine having a stop sign, 12 foot or 12 inch stop, 12 foot stop sign. How about a 12 inch stop sign? Mm-hmm. Imagine that, a little gotcha. plastic one. Gotcha. Thrown right on the top of the hole. Mm. And your body says, oh, I'll stop it there because you have something that says stop. it's got to stop there. <laughs> right. And if you do that, your speed control is much better. So I tell people, hey, look, let's get on the green. Let's go putt some uphill putts. Let's putt some downhill putts. Let's putt some across the green slope putts. And let's putt some that are into the grain and down grain so we can get the speed right. Because people get the speed wrong more often than they get a really, really bad line. They have a really, really bad speed Yeah. much more often. Well, even with so, a bad line, a good speed will get you close. Yeah, right. Because you're not going to be six feet offline. No. It's not going to happen. But now but here's the question. be six feet long or short. Here's the question that's going through everybody's mind right now. Is, Jeff, that's really cool, but is there any way that I, I can easily make adjustments? Because today I may play on a, a golf course where the greens are rolling at an eight. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow I may play on a golf course where they're rolling at a ten. Yeah. And then I may go to, uh, you know, on a, on a wet, rainy day to the local Muni, and it could be rolling at a four. Yeah. How do you make that adjustment easily? Well, you, you go and you actually, John, this is you, I know. You always show up at your tee time like five minutes before, walk into the pro shop, throw your money on the counter and say, where's the first tee and what's the course record? <laughs> and, and give me a hot dog and a beer and let's go, right? But see, what you didn't do is you didn't do what I'll do is I'll show up 20 minutes early say those things, do those things, <laughs> except I'm going to spend about 15, 20 minutes putting before I tee off so that I can get the speed of the course that I'm on that day. So that way I can figure it out. How Show up early enough to go figure it out. How good a golfer do you think you need to be to be able to make that adjustment even in 20 minutes? Oh, not very good at all. Well, good. Everybody, <laughs> the skill level of a golfer <laughs> is nothing compared to the skill level of any human being that's any better than another. How many times do you see little kids who show up at a golf course with grandpa and you take them to the putting green and then they start to hit putts and they're a lot better putts than grandpa and grandpa's been playing golf for 35 years. Okay. Automatically it happens. That was you that was watching, huh? Yeah, I know. Uh Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Got that one on video too. It's going to hit the website. Clean grooves are going to help. Along with doing it right. Uh, The folks behind the new product called Caddy Clean coming up next. uh, Jason and Joshua Macari, father-son duo. We got them coming with us. Want you to hang out. Be right back. Jeff has returned from Hilton Head. Jeff has returned from learning a lot, teaching a lot, making a lot of videos, which, strangely enough and by coincidence, you can find right now at $5GolfClub.com. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got, man? You know what? I did some fun stuff. Um, I did a couple of them. One of them was on choosing the right tee shot. You know, when you're standing up on a tee and you're not sure what to do because there's choices out there, you know, you got, you got trouble on one side, you got bunkers all over there. You got to figure out where the heck I got to hit it. 
the hole might be long and you might think driver and the hole might be short and you might not think driver. Talked a little bit about that. I talked about uh, certainly how to hit a higher, softer bunker shot uh, out of fluffy sand. I talked a little bit about I did a whole video on uh, choosing the right club to come into a green with. So All right. just added a few. Tell you what, you want to be better, shoot lower scores tomorrow. Join $5 Golf Club today. Five, the number $5golfclub.com. And thanks for hanging. Coming back, we are those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek in Columbus. Intrepid producer Mark Hunter on the controls. And with us on the line from Rhode Island would be Joshua and Jason McCary, father-son duo and uh, the, the guiding force behind the caddy clean. Man, you guys have a great story. But now you were a high school golfer sure. and a couple of your friends decided that this was, uh, this was what you guys needed, right? Yeah, so we were just on the golf course. We uh, we played for Bishop Fien in uh, Attleboro, Massachusetts. And I don't know, one day we were at this really nice course in Cape Cod, and we're playing with this really pristine team and, you know, athletes. And I look over at Kyle, and he's, and he's cleaning his clubs by spitting on them. And he's got a brush in his hand, smushing it in, rubbing it in. And I swear to God, he wiped it on his shirt. Um, <laughs> and it just looked a mess. So we all kind of got together and we're... <laughs> And we're like, come on, guys, we, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. So uh, we started making them in, in the garage, and after a couple months, we went through a couple different variations, and then uh, my, my dad, Jason, stepped in and said, you know, I think you guys might have something here, and, you know, the, he saw my dedication and my friends, and it kind of just developed into what it is now. Hey, Jason, don't you know that as a dad, you're supposed to squash his, his ideas? Come on, what are you doing supporting him? Come on, man. <laughs> A science project on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spit and a shirt and a towel is cool for cleaning your clubs, but when you're at a classy golf course, you know. Yeah, you want something a little nicer. You play places like Oakmont. You're not going to spit on yeah. your club when you've played Oakmont, right? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> no. All right, there you go. Now, I got one of these things, man. I got to tell you, sometimes I'm not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. Um, oh? Yeah, really? That comes as a shock to everybody in the room. But uh, I was looking at it, and I was trying to pull the bottle out of the holder. Because this is a nifty little self-contained plastic thing. It's got a, a spray bottle for water. It's got a, a scouring pad that, that attaches with Velcro. It's got two pop-up or pop-out, however you want to look at it, uh, groove cleaners. And I'm looking, I'm trying to get the bottle out. I go, well, how can you get the bottle out? And my brother-in-law was with me. He said, why don't you just screw the top off and fill the water with it in there? I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but it is, man. Honestly, I mean, we, we, it's everything you need. And, way, it, and if you if you added up everything together separately, you'd pay a lot more than what you have to pay to buy this this gizmo you guys got called the Caddy Clean, right? Yeah, we kind of, when we designed it, we we felt that, like, there are cleaners in the market, but the real value with ours is that it's the all-in-one. So both with price and uh, utility, it just it's just a better functioning, more, it makes sense. It's quicker and easier. And, and the best part is that really, I mean, we were serious golfers. My senior year, Bishop Fian uh, won the Division Two state champion, so it wasn't a joke. And we, we knew what we were doing on the course, so... Right. We designed it from our own needs and needs of our teammates who some of them are committed to, you know, Duke and, and some of these big schools. And so it really it really is, is a good design, and it, and it works. That's, that's the main thing. 
and it doesn't take up a whole lot of space, and it even comes with a towel. So you guys thought of everything. Yeah. I like we, it. we jokingly refer to it as the Swiss Army knife of golf club cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a joke, man. That's very apropos. <laughs> I think you got something there. So, Josh, yeah. you, you got uh, plans for playing golf more, or is you you're going to become like a, a caddy clean mogul now? Um, you know, it's funny you say that. I've been, uh, I've been thinking pretty hard on how I'm going to kind of get on the course this summer. I will lie to you. I don't really have much, you know, the money to anymore or the time, but I'm really, uh, I, I golf is my, my, one of my favorite sports. And I, I, honestly, I love it more than anything. Cause I'll be able to play it hopefully for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but I'm working on it. And, and Jason, were you a golfer that, that got your son interested in it or, or how'd that thing come about, man? Well, that might be stretching the term a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I would be a weekend golfer as well. I mean, actually, this is a true story. I, I was playing uh, when I was younger. I was in a couple of leagues, and I had a lot of fun with it. Never great, but, but was getting better. And um, ironically, Joshua, when he was born, he was my third child. I have four kids. And I stopped golfing because I just couldn't justify it. And, and uh, when Josh was 15, he started 14, 14 maybe? 14 or 15, he started picking up the game. And that's when I started playing again. So I started playing with Josh. And, um, that's so cool. And, and so anyway, I'm trying to golf a little bit more. But um, maybe Josh will help me get out on the course this summer. <laughs> well, you know, just uh, call it a sales call, man. You know? It becomes <laughs> it becomes tax deductible then. Yeah, so. maybe we'll we'll use the whole business excuse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Research. Yeah, we yeah we're gonna meet up with some clients that's, and that's uh, and go for a round of golf. We have that so. whole thing down. If you need any kind of uh, advice on how to do that. We're your guys, man. That's a whole new category of expenses for your business. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so I have to brag on Josh for a second. He sure. just um, he goes to Quinnipiac as a freshman. Um, he's a freshman this year. He just finished his freshman year. And he entered into a um, competition. And I'll let him tell the rest of the story, but he, he won. <laughs> I <clears throat> this past year, I, I was uh, a big part of my education. Is, so I'm, I'm going there for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of different competitions, uh, not just in Connecticut where, where the school is, but uh, across the country. The one I did, I was it was the Connecticut New Venture Competition. So I brought Caddy Clean in, and, uh, and I ended up winning the, the best business model slash uh, individual business. And... Uh, mm. I would think I, I, they said that I think I was the youngest person to ever win the competition. I was, I was uh, first semester freshman, so it was a pretty big win for for myself and my team. Yeah, congratulations! Also, understand you wow. beat out some folks from Yale to win that prize too. I did. Yeah, yes. there was there was actually a Yale graduate there who I got to tell you, man, I'm just a golfer and I get business, but this guy was sharp and he uh, and he performed and I guess the business idea and the way I presented it was a little better, but his presentation was excellent and yeah. he and he deserved a lot of credit for that. Yeah, but I mean, a Yale graduate, he's already got everything he needs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you got any other ideas, or is this this like the one thing that's going to uh, keep keep you in uh, in golf balls for a while? Uh, honestly, I know. Uh, my dad usually has some ideas that he doesn't say until the time is right. But for me, I was working on some stuff with a couple of students, a couple of different ideas about cleaning different products and clean equipment, other other equipment in other sports. And oh, okay. we did a little bit of market research. But right now, the main focus is getting some caddy clean sold and kind of making uh, making a living here. Yeah, 
Well, that's that's good, and it's almost, I guess, in New England, it's probably almost, the snow's almost gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just wait, it'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just saying, in New England, it's got a little more serious uh, cleaning action. It's a little wetter and muddier for longer than it is, you know, in the real world. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely true. Yeah, see, I can say that because I, I, I grew up in New England. I can get away with that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> New England's one of those places, man, you just never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, and um, listen, this, this is a great idea, and I appreciate you uh, y'all sending me one, and, and people are on the course are looking at me going, what is that? And then I let them use it, and they go, hey, this is pretty cool. Because, again, everybody says, you know, I've got a towel. I've, I, you know, there's a puddle right here. I can get the water there. I've got a towel. I can use a tea to clean out the grooves, and, you know, you kind of go, yeah, well, maybe, but maybe not. Try this. And it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. You hit the nail on the head because that's exactly the way. I, I used to, when I first started golfing, I, I didn't even realize that I was supposed to clean my club yeah. uh, that often. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and, you know I, I would end up cleaning my clubs the next time I went golfing. So there was caked on dirt, and, you know, it was mm-hmm. really not good. So as I got a little better, I talked to the pros, of course, clean it after every shot. But I don't know many of us that actually, the other 99% of the golfers out there don't. Well, the pros and, have their um, caddy clean it after every shot. Yeah, <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> I think honestly, the one big thing is, uh, like we again, we practice every single day after school, and that was in during the design uh, phase of, of caddy clean. Mm-hmm. And so I tested out everything, and I really, I swear to you, I knew, it's kind of corny to say, but if if you actually clean your clubs on a consistent basis, and it, and you know we provide that solution on, on a fast, easy way to do it on the course. I swear you will improve your game. The ball contact can increase up to 88%, and that's a, that's a study that we researched online and found. I mean, it's, it's a fact. If you don't keep clean clubs, you're, just think about it. If there's dirt on the club face, you know, there's something separating the ball from the club. So mm-hmm. you have to clean that, and if you do, I swear you'll hit it. The balls will go, it'll be more crisp, and you'll hit straighter shots. It's just true. How many times have you told me that, Jeff? Oh, I don't want to exaggerate. Yeah, I mean, at well, least that, a million times. That was the intent of what you told me. What you said was clean those things. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, guys, time for a little uh, shameless self promotion. Folks are going. Okay, how do I see it? Where do I get it? Etc. Give Give us the chapter and verse on how to take a look at it and where to go to buy one. Well, you can certainly buy it on caddyclean dot com. It's caddy clean dot com. Or you can buy it on Amazon, and uh, there are uh, more and more retailers picking it up. So there are, I'm sure there are other places online that you can pick it up. But uh, that's uh, the two best places right now are probably uh, caddy-clean.com and Amazon.com. Yeah, one of the cooler things we're working on is, uh, I believe it's Friday, we released the product on a website called The Gromit. And The Gromit, is what, what's cool about it is it'll tell the story I just told you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll tell that story online, and they put it next to a bunch of other products that, you know, with people like, like myself and, and our team. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a really cool way to, to see their – I mean, they have some cool products up there, and, you know, Caddyclean goes up for Father's Day, so yeah. that'll be another place you can buy it. Well, cool product. That is definitely the category it needs to go into, man, because you – you guys done good, Joshua. Congratulations on the on the caddy clean, on the uh, the win in the business uh, plan competition, etc. And uh, and Jason, thanks for uh, supporting him, getting behind him, and not uh, not doing the daddy thing about oh, what are you crazy? Go to school, kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably did that. Too. <laughs> <laughs>
caddy-clean.com. Guys, you have a wonderful day, and thanks for spending some time with us here this weekend, Golf Guys. Jeff has returned from Hilton Head. Jeff has returned from learning a lot, teaching a lot, making a lot of videos, which, strangely enough and by coincidence, you can find right now at $5golfclub.com. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got, man? You know what? I did some fun stuff. Um, I did a couple of them. One of them was on choosing the right tee shot. You know, when you're standing up on a tee and you're not sure what to do because there's choices out there, you know, you got you got trouble on one side, you got bunkers all over there, you got to figure out where the heck I got to hit it. The hole might be long and you might think driver and the hole might be short and you might not think driver. Talked a little bit about that. I talked about uh, certainly how to hit a higher, softer bunker shot uh, out of fluffy sand. I talked a little bit about, I did a whole video on uh, choosing the right, club to come into a green with so all right just added a few tell you what you want to be better shoot lower scores tomorrow join five dollar golf club today five the number five dollar golf club.com play the courses the champions play the pete Dye and donald ross courses at french lick resort the 2017 ncgoa national course of the year our Pete Dye course hosts the first ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank this July. French Lick's Donald Ross course is looking good as it turns 100 this summer and hosts the Donald Ross Centennial Classic Symmetra Tour event. Book your golf vacation now at FrenchLick.com. Hey, it's Jeff Smith for those weekend golf guys. Talk to you a little bit about the Smart Ball Golf Low Point Trainer. I've had this thing now for a couple of months and I'm telling you, this trainer has helped me help more students get the bottom of their swing arc out in front of the golf ball and hit better golf shots than almost anything I've ever used. What a fantastic thing. It's a great price. It's easy for every single player to use. Smart ball golf, low point trainer. Go get one today. Those weekend golf guys, John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Otter Creek, and Trevor producer Mark Hunter on the controls. And we have been talking about various and sundry ways to uh, shave strokes, to make sure that tomorrow's round will be much lower score than was yesterday's. I am assailed, as I sure you are assailed daily, by uh, emails with people promising you the latest and the greatest club that's going to save you strokes. This new swing that's going to save you strokes, how difficult, Jeff, is it for somebody who's been playing golf for 20 years to suddenly change their swing? Well, if you're, if you're working with something that you're just not familiar with, you could work on what, a, what I see a lot on the driving range, and that's a Z-swing. You a could do that. Z-swing. Hmm? Yeah, it travels in the direction of a Z. It's really pretty interesting how they can strike a ball doing it, but, you know, I see it. Is that something new, or is no, that something No, it's been wrong? going on for eons. Something people bring me on something that I see on the range all the time and I gotta go fix it. <laughs> That's the thing, man. Everybody's got the way to fix stuff. You know, just listening to you the past 35, 40 minutes here, it's not as difficult as these emails make it seem, because that's the one thing that happens when people are trying to sell you something. Is first off they tell you how difficult it is to do what you want to do. And then they're gonna give you an easy way to do it. It's not difficult. You just have to do it. You know, and, and this, this is something I know you're going to make fun of me because I am a recent convert. But if you go to somebody you trust, like a Jeff Smith, a PGA professional, and I understand that most golf courses have one of those. You go to the guy at your course or a guy that has been recommended or whatever and say, hey, 
how do I do this? And they'll say, well, this is how you will do that. You don't pick it up through osmosis. You have to then emulate what they told you to do until you get it. I think the word is practice. Yeah, that's one of the words. I know that you have trouble with that word. It's been a long time coming for you to actually spit that out without me dragging it out of you. But I know. I know. But then you see what happens is when you finally break down and you do practice and you see the quick improvement, you go, wow, was I stupid not to have done this 20 years ago. You know, and a lot of people, you know, they don't want to because of a couple things. You know, they don't want to – some of it's a pride thing and some of it's an ego thing. So the pride thing is they don't want anybody to see them practicing because they got it. You know, that nah, yeah. don't worry. I'm, I'm good. I got yeah, this. I got I can, this, yeah. Yeah, I got this. But then there's the reality of it. It's kind of like an ego thing because they don't want to be seen on the driving range hitting poor shots. Yeah. And, and I, I can tell you that. I know that is an absolute fact because when I get people up here into the golf studio, their inhibitions are down. Mm-hmm. They're not so fearful. They're not looking around over their shoulder all the time because they know that nobody's really looking. Yeah. Then they're much more willing to take the lesson and apply the lesson when nobody else is around. Yeah. It is an unbelievable characteristic that people have. Exactly, because you know you don't like you don't like people watching you. And how many times have we also uh, equated going to take a lesson with going to the gym? A lot of us think we suck so badly at golf that we're embarrassed to swing in front of the golf pro, right? Because he's going to say, "Well, you're doing everything wrong. Let's start all over again." And uh, that's not the case. I mean, you know. Most of us have something that's, you know, savable, you know? Yeah, and I think that there's that embarrassment factor that you've you've just alluded to is that if you have a good relationship with a a teacher, Mm -hmm. they will quick a good teacher will be a good communicator and make you feel uh, at ease very quickly. And then all of a sudden, that apprehension, that, that fear that you have kind of goes away. You know, you kind of takes you a notch down and you're, you're a little bit more comfortable. As long as you kind of get the sense that you can have a conversation and kind of understand things well and see how things move and kind of feel a few things before you put a ball in front of it, mm-hmm. people like that better, I found, because the first time they do something – they don't want to see the result of it in front of other people. Yeah. They'd like to practice it a couple of times, note that it feels a little bit better, mm-hmm. can understand that if a club face is pretty straight at that time, then their ball goes straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's always that thing that people have to get over, and that's the embarrassment. Right. Uh, let's let's uh, address ourselves to the uh, more accomplished amateur, yeah, maybe a yeah. single-digit handicapper or whatever. I have, again, been assailed by many different uh, various and sundry techniques on how to hit a draw. Because that seems yeah. to be the, the shot of choice. Or is it just cool not to hit a draw, or does a draw actually go farther when it hits the ground than does a fade or a straight shot? Or, well, you uh, know, when it hits the ground, yeah. Okay. You know, it rolls forward. So a lot okay. of people think, well, they want to hit a draw because they want to hit it farther. And... People want to avoid the fade because it looks to them like it's a mini slice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they hate the slice, so yeah. therefore they hate the fade, which is a small version of it. But regardless, the, they don't care that Jack Nicholas was the greatest player that's ever lived and he hit nothing but fades. Right. Ben Hogan, when he was playing his best golf ever and wrote the book, uh, basically the book was a How Not to Hook It book, and it was he played fades. <laughs> um, you know, And Tiger Woods, for most of his career, played fades. Yeah. And a lot of these great strikers of the golf ball, you could rattle off all kinds of tour players that hit a bunch of fades. And you can also hit, you know, rattle off a bunch of tour players who hit a bunch of draws as well. And there's a but, bunch of players who can do either or both. Oh, yeah, lots of them. And that's, that's probably what we need to, because the, the technique that uh, this email imparted to me was basically just changing your grip. And it also yeah. had changed your stance a little bit by closing it up. <clears throat> you right, know, drop your right foot back. Or your, put your left, left foot, foot forward. forward or whatever. Right, um, right. Is, is it that simple? Uh, for some, yes, and for m- many, no. Okay. Um, there are small factors that matter. Um, and then what, the, what you have to do is figure out which thing or two things that can you reproduce that will produce what you want. So you can do something a lot of times. You, know, you can do it one time and have no problem at all. How many things can you do repeatedly under pressure? And that's the kind of thing that we, we work toward is, is what each body's set up to do. And again, it's something, you know, if you practice, if you go out to the driving range and change your grip, you know, move, move your left hand a little to the right and, you know, your left foot forward, your right foot back, and then swing and see if indeed that ball does draw. And if not, you know, some variation of the grip change or the stance change or whatever – you work on it. You see where it goes and what you do. Make a note of it, right? You know, there's a lot of things that you could do, but if you were a smart player, like a lot of the really good low handicap players, uh-huh. they keep a base of what they do and they make note of it, either in video or um, in, in notebook fashion or somehow that mm-hmm. they're making note of what they've done. Yeah, and they try to be as exact as possible when they write it all down or when they record it because like a practice when log. They, yes, yeah. and when they find out, hey, look, I'm playing my best golf. These are the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, then they get better, and then they stay better because they kind of have a way to. All right, listen in the uh, in the two minutes we have it. we have left here. Yeah. One of the things we've talked about in different phases, both uh, iron shots and putting, is is alignment. Especially yeah. with putting, because again, half the time we are not aimed where we think we are aimed. Yeah, the, the putter face aim is the biggest thing that you can get right and make putts. Quick, Just think. quick little drills on how to yep. get it right? Yeah, easiest thing to do that requires three golf tees and nothing more. Uh, you put two golf tees down on the ground that you pass your putter head through so that you have a path that you don't hit either tee. So their tees are just barely on the outside of the putter head. And then right out in front of the face of the putter by about a foot and a half to two feet maximum, you stick a tee in the ground and you hit the ball and it should touch that tee every time. And then you'll know that your putter face was aimed dead straight right at impact. Mm -hmm. So you'll know. And all you have to do is just, again, just keep track either – on video, in writing, or in your head, if you're capable, of right. what it looked like when you hit it straight. And, right. and just do that every time. I mean, it's simple. Yep. Just do that. 
Right now, learning to aim. You just put a ball in front of your putter, mm-hmm. aim at something to where you think you've aimed the best, and then bend down without moving the putter. Bend down, knock the ball out of the way, and put ahead of the tee, sticking out of the of the face of the of the putter right. and set it on the ground that way and then walk back behind, move the putter and walk back behind and look at where that tee's pointed and it'll tell you just how bad an aim you really yeah. have. Yeah, sometimes. Or how will, good of aim you really you have. You will be surprised terribly. Yeah. Tell you what, you don't want to be surprised. You want to know that you're going to shoot fewer scores. You can always check out $5 Golf Club because a lot of this uh, is wisdom is uh, encapsulated there in video form from Jeff Smith. Five, the number, $5GolfClub.com. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Like us. Twitter. It is at WKND Golf Guys. Follow us, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Visit now and again. I mean, you don't come, you don't write, come on. Or hang out and be right back here next week at the same time or in the interim. Catch us on audioboom.com. We archive everything. All right? I got an idea. Go play some golf. Jeff has returned from Hilton Head. Jeff has returned from learning a lot, teaching a lot, making a lot of videos, which, strangely enough and by coincidence, you can find right now at $5GolfClub.com. Yeah, what kind of stuff you got, man? You know what? I did some fun stuff. Um, I did a couple of them. One of them was on choosing the right tee shot. You know, when you're standing up on a tee and you're not sure what to do because there's choices out there, you know, you got – you got trouble on one side. You got bunkers all over there. You got to figure out where the heck I got to hit it. The hole might be long, and you might think driver, and the hole might be short, and you might not think driver. Talked a little bit about that. I talked about uh, certainly how to hit a higher, softer bunker shot uh, out of fluffy sand. I talked a little bit about I did a whole video on uh, choosing the right club to come into a green with. So all right. just added a few. Tell you what, you want to be better, shoot lower scores tomorrow Join $5 Golf Club today. Five, the number, $5GolfClub.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-769-0546 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-769-0546. Again, that's 800-769-0546.